Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. Uh, We continue our little uh, short diversion here. We've been in the Gospel of John. But the last few episodes, we've been looking at um, some examples in the scriptures of how we are to pray uh, for a nation and what happens when we pray. And uh, Daniel chapter 9, Ezra chapter 9, and Nehemiah chapter 9 give us examples of that. And we're actually in Ezra right now. We've looked at the prayer that we saw in uh, chapter 9. But we've gone over to chapter 10 in the last episode, and I want to continue this to where we can see the response of the people. So let me read the first two verses of Ezra chapter 10, which we covered in the last episode. It says this, While Ezra prayed and made confession, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, a very great assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him out of Israel, for the people wept bitterly. And so we see that because of the prayer of one man, because of his actual position, his actual stature, the way he was and what he was doing, that he was weeping and casting himself before the house of God in the, in the public arena where we, people could see him. Because of that, people responded. And a great assembly of men, women, and children gathered together, and they were all weeping, weeping bitterly before the Lord. Now verse 2, And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, of the sons of Elam, addressed Ezra, So this is Shechaniah speaking to Ezra. Here's what he said. We have broken faith with our God and have married foreign women from the peoples of the land. But even now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. And so here we have an individual that just walks up to Ezra and he has the word of the Lord. And and he repents and he confesses. He says, we've broken faith. We have done this, but there is hope. You actually see this in several places in Scripture where uh, someone that we would consider to be like an unknown is the one that the Lord would speak through. You know, the king would be waiting or the prophet would be waiting or something would be happening. Then all of a sudden, the Lord would speak through somebody, okay? And so he's saying there is hope. Because of that, verse 3 begins with the word therefore. So in other words, the fact, a lot of the fact that we have broken faith, we've sinned, but there's hope. Therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all these wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. So Shechaniah was saying uh, to Ezra, hey, let's do what you're counseling. He says, according to the counsel of my Lord, that isn't speaking to the Lord Most High, he's speaking to Ezra, calling him Lord. He said, we need to do this. Let's make a covenant with God and put away these wives and their children. And he said, it's according to your counsel, but also the counsel of those who are trembling at the commandment of the Lord our God. They're, they've, they're becoming so aware that the Lord is serious with his commandments. Remember the tremblers? They're trembling and other people are saying, we've sinned, it convicted them. So he's saying, let it be done according to the law. Then verse 4, arise, for it is your task, and we are with you. 
be strong and do it. So this is Shechaniah speaking to Ezra, and he's telling him, hey, come on, get up, get up, get up. This is your task. You're called to do this. You're the one that's leading this. We are with you. Be strong and do it. You see the same type of thing with Joshua, right? Be strong and very courageous. Be very strong and very courageous. Three times that he's told that in the first chapter of Joshua. You know, there's just time when we need to be reminded. There's times when we need to be exhorted, okay? And uh, the body of Christ is the one who does that, who exhorts, who reminds. And so this guy is coming up to Ezra and says, come on, it's your task. Arise. Doesn't it make you, quote, unquote, feel better when other people are with you? <laughs> That's what he's saying. He's saying, we are with you. Be strong and do it. So verse 5, then Ezra arose and made the leading priests and Levites and all Israel take an oath that they would do as had been said. So they took the oath. I love that little thing right there because it says that he made the leading priests, the chief priests, the Levites, he made them do this. And you say, well, you know, is that coercion? Is that manipulation? No, no. He's leading very strongly. And, and don't think for a moment that this was just a nice little, oh, yeah, well, I guess we got to do this, and everything was hunky-dory. No, this would have been a somewhat combative type of situation. He made them do it. And they all acquiesced and realized, no, he's right. We must repent. Now, yes, only the Lord knows the true heart of man, right? <laughs> if people truly did repent or not. But they took the oath. Verse 6, Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of Jehoanan, the son of Eliashib, where he had spent the night, where he spent the night, neither eating bread nor drinking water, for he was mourning over the faithlessness of the exiles. So the folks that had come back, he was still mourning over the fact that they were faithless. He was mourning over the fact that they were in this sin. He's mourning over the fact that he had to make the leaders take an oath and acknowledge that what they had been doing <clears throat> was wrong. And uh, the next couple of verses give us even more insight into why I'm thinking that this was a rather intense kind of thing because they had to play hardball with him. <clears throat> Watch what happens here in verse 7. And a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem to all the returned exiles, that they should assemble at Jerusalem. So when they send this proclamation out to all the people that were the exiles, the ones that had been brought, that came back from the from Babylon, throughout Judah and Jerusalem, said, y'all get together, let's come to Jerusalem, verse 8, and that if anyone did not come within three days by order of the officials and the elders, all his property should be forfeited, and he himself banned from the congregation of the exiles. <laughs> That's pretty serious right there. They were not doing any of this little wishy-washy kind of stuff, okay? They made this proclamation. They said, y'all, get here and get here within three days. I think it gives us insight into the seriousness of the matter. And then it, it said that if you're not here within three days, here's what's going to happen. All your property will be forfeited. And you're going to be banned from the congregation of the exiles. Okay? In other words, you're going to be banned from the body life of Judaism if you don't return. And so this is a, a pretty serious move right here to deal with a serious sin, folks. You know, so often we have serious sin, 
But then we just want, sort of want to putz around the edges of it and say, well, okay, that's all right, yeah. You, you say you're sorry, so that's fine, that's fine, you know, that kind of thing. Without there being any sense of expectation of change in that sin. See, there was a sense of expectation because they're saying, y'all get here right now, and we're going to see why later on, and, and the reason was uh, they were going to get the people to take the oath with them and get the people to realize what they have done and call the people to give up these wives and these children. But we'll see that again next time. So anyway, I thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you then.